You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. If you want to learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP88.7. Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Our normal co-host, Dr. Stavon Marconi, is out on assignment. He had back surgery, so he's out on assignment uh, learning about doctors. And we are here today with very special guests. We're Music Biz at Music Biz in the Music City. We're here with Catherine Stanton. Say hello, Catherine. Hello, everybody. And we're also here with Michelle Buzico. Hi, everyone. Catherine and Michelle both go to University of Florida. Miami. Miami. University oh of Miami, which is in the state of Florida. I got that part right. Okay. <laughs> and we're here also with Amber Grimes, who's also a Capital Record Group. Capital Music Group. Capital Music Group. Yes. Okay. Hello. We, we'll make, hello. Good to have you. Um, please don't uh, correct me or ever interrupt me because no matter what I say, <laughs> it's, it's all right. So a uh, quick give thanks to some people who helped me get here. Um, the thanks, uh, sorry, give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, St. Vincent, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you're ready. Go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You can listen to this on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Spotify. And then follow us all the time, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We also want to give thanks to Christine Vey at Vey Wealth Management. She's helped many professionals in the world manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan out for your retirement or your questions on anything from investments, portfolio management, to insurance or retirement planning, give Christine a call. Michelle, please repeat after me. 732? 732? 455. 455. Kathleen, please say 1510. 1510. Very good. When I point to you, Amber, say oi, okay? We got that out of the way. Now it is time to interview Amber Grimes of Capital Music Group. I'm not going to start. I'm going to have one of these, one of these young people start. Yeah, okay. Okay. So during your speaker session, you talked about self-growth and making yourself into a product and being able to sell it to companies. How do you think that can translate over to not only the music industry, but every other industry? Oh, I mean, I... When I said it, it was for every industry. You know, um, that's obviously the industry that I work in, but you're selling yourself all the time, you know, no matter how you're working with someone or what you're working on. So if you want to, you know, name an industry. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be even a business. Or yeah, a I mean, if you're a lawyer mm-hmm. and you want to join someone's law firm mm-hmm. um, and you actually bring clients with you or you say, hey, you're, this is an entertainment law firm and I want to get into entertainment law, and guess what? I have friends right behind me rappers that 
you know, that are my friends and I have, I'm bringing you business now. Like it doesn't matter what business you're in. You just have to have something to offer people. Um, and that's a part of you being a product, right? Like what are you, I, I tell people like this, like Coke, I, I love Coke. <laughs> so it's my example for everything. I know everything about Coke. I know what it tastes like. I know what it smells like. I know how it feels when you drink it. I know what, how I'm supposed to feel when I drink it. And they have sold that to me that, okay, if you drink a Coke, you're going to be happy. And like, am I happy every time I drink a Coke? No, but I, th- that sentiment is, is in my brain, right? Cause you're a super fan of Coke. I'm a super right. fan. And so if you want someone to be a super fan of you, which is how you get hired for a job when you're trying to, um, you know, when you're trying to stand out from a hundred or a thousand other people who have applied or who are asking this person for an opportunity, you want them to be able to understand and know everything about you. Like, why is this person the best person for my company or to do this job? And when people can get a really well-rounded look at the type of person you are or what you're selling, you know, when, when you're going for jobs and stuff, people really do look at your Instagram. They really do. So they're saying, okay, cool. Your Instagram is your product, by the way. So while I'm talking to young people, I'll use that. When you go on someone's page, you're making very, very quick assumptions about who that person is. And very quickly, if that's not someone who you want to represent your business because of what they're selling, you'll lose an opportunity like that. You know, so your product it's when you speak about yourself, you should be very clear about who you are. The way that you display yourself on the internet, you should be very clear about who you are at all times. You should be treating yourself like you're a new flavor of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I need to explain to people why cherry, vanilla, blueberry is a great flavor. And I know you kind of know something about me, but this is, this is what you need to know. Yeah. All right. Um, going off of that, something you said that I think is interesting is that um, with young people, especially like social media is so important. That's your brand. And I've heard um, different things in different classes and um, I remember one of my uh, peers saying that where he works, if your account was private, they wouldn't look at you at all, and they would say, oh, no, that's sketchy. So, like, what's your opinion on having a private account versus a public account? So, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously it depends on what you're using Instagram for. I know people that have private accounts, and I respect that if you don't want people in your business. But, you know, I said this about artists before. Like, the business is different, right? So... At one point, it was okay to just be an artist and say, I make music. I make really good music and hope that people appreciate the music. That's a thing of the past. Now, an artist has to have a great profile. They have to dress well. People want to know what they eat. People want to know who they hang out with. That's how someone buys into an artist now. It's no different than how someone buys into an employee that they want to hire or a friend that they want to have or anything. It's just human interaction now. So I definitely think it's sketchy having a private... (laughs) I, I always look at people a little crazy. I'm like, why is this private? Like, what are you hiding? And I, and I do understand sometimes that people just, you know, are more introverted. Um, but if you're in a public business where, again, you're going to be representing somebody's company, I want to know about you. I want to get the chance to see what type of person I'm hiring. And there's no snapshot, like, what people are willing to put out about themselves on the Internet. You know, um, I'm, I'm very big on, like, when someone gives a resume, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Let me see what they're selling to the people. Let me see what you're really about because a resume is a highlight reel, right? These are all these amazing things that you've done, but, like, where are you showcasing this now? I used to talk to girls all the time, like, you know, I would say, yeah, you know, what do you want to be? Like, what's your aspirations? And they'd be like, oh, like, I want to have a um, fitness company and, and teach yoga and do this and that. And I'm like, cool, I'll go straight to their Instagram, go down, scroll, 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 nothing about fitness. And I say, okay, cool, if you started a fitness company, why would I believe you? 
Why would I believe that that's what you're passionate about? And you could actually start right now. You could be, if that's really your passion, I want to see you doing an asana every day on your Instagram. So when I look at the story, when there's a story being told about you and your passion for this job, I was there from the beginning. You know, and so I just think it's important for people to use social media properly so they don't have to hide their pages and can really sell themselves and get opportunities that maybe they weren't even looking for. Always hope that I answered the question. That's <laughs> a perfect answer because I teach, for example, about social media at William Patterson University, and there are students who want to be in the music industry, and then I'll look at their private account, their private uh, Instagram account, and maybe they work at a zoo part-time instead of working at a venue or something like that. And it's just them and a friend in front of a fence, you know, or um, they're saying they're so into music, but they're not doing any, yeah. any of the things that you're talking about. So I think this is a great soundbite that I'm going to play for future classes because you're completely right. What about LinkedIn? Because we, we, you haven't talked about that at all, and I want you to tell me how important I that is. probably just learned how important. I've been on LinkedIn for a long time just because it was like a, I'm supposed to have one of these things. Um, and I would hear people all the time say, oh, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and I had one for a while and I was like, no one, no one's reaching out to me, you know, um, but I continue to keep it updated always. And it's funny because now, you know, once I started working at Spotify or, you know, going on to the next thing now, LinkedIn has been incredible. I get a lot of, there's a lot of networking on there. A lot, a lot of people that come to me and I also use it as a tool to find out who works at companies that I want to get in touch with. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly powerful, especially for kids that really want to get a job or just, um, I'm big on like the stalking thing. <laughs> like if you really want an opportunity and you're really valuable and you actually have something to offer to them, you know, the one thing is like, oh, it's so hard to get in touch with people. So if I can go somewhere, you know, if I wanted to work at Coke, <laughs> at Coca-Cola, I can literally go on this place type in Coca-Cola as a company and see all of these people associated with the company. You can't do that on Instagram. You can't. You can't do that on Facebook. You can't do it on MySpace. You can't do it anywhere besides on LinkedIn. And they're the real people. You know, it's verified and you can see what that person's done. Um, I've even used it as a resource to figure out what type of job I want to have in the future. I want to see what other people are doing and they have these descriptions and I go, man, I really resonate with that. That's a cool job to have. Um, even my job title at Capital wasn't a job in the music industry. There is no global creative. And as the um, business continues to get progressive, excuse me, to progress, um, they allowed me to come in to that position. But I saw this position on um, a LinkedIn of somebody that worked at Disney. Mm -hmm. And when I read it, I said, that's what the music industry needs. And that's something that I can offer. So if Disney has this, you know, Capital should have this. So to have someone that's over their creative and yeah, LinkedIn's been great to me. Did you pitch Capital then, or did they come to you, yes, or they, how did that? Well, when we started in the interview process, um, and we decided we were going to work together, you know, they allowed me, they gave me the opportunity to say, you come back and tell us, like, what you think this job is. We, we know all the, the ways that you're valuable. What do you want to call it, and what do you want to do? Um, which is just an incredible opportunity to like really say okay I've gained all of these skills and now I get to create how I want to use them um and I'm still in the process excuse me I'm in the process of creating it still right now what this job will look like for whoever comes after me so really cool and, I, and I'm looking at that lady's LinkedIn page <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you kind of are creating this new role in Capitol Records can you kind of talk about how like, what is it that you do, like, on any given Wednesday? Like, what is your role? The day-to-day the day -day question is the craziest question to ask someone in the music industry. No, no two days are the same. 
um, first I'm drinking coffee. And then, <laughs> like always, if I don't start my day with that, then it'll be bad. Um, but really just, um, th- there's a lot of data in in the music business now. And so I get a lot of great emails with like reports of what's going on, what's going on with our artists, what's moving, what's what's not working and why not. And so I actually spend a lot of time with that and saying, okay, cool. Well, what can we do to yield the results that we want? How can we strategize to get something better? Or, okay, this artist is doing great, so how can we amplify what's happening with them um, and just do like a, a bit of creative thinking? Like as soon as I get in, that like gets me going for the day. And then just meetings, meetings, meetings. <laughs> <laughs> On top of meetings, a couple coffees with people, a little lunch maybe. I rarely eat. I, I don't really get to eat during the day sometimes. So I'm like, someone please remind me to eat food. Um, yeah, every day is different. Lots, lots of meetings, lots of, um, you know, collaborating with different departments um, and just being creative. I'm just happy that my job is something where, you know, it's my, it's my job to come and sit somewhere, listen, and figure out how we're going to think differently about solving a problem or creating something. I hope I answered your question. (laughs) I need to put that on a shirt. (laughs) Um, So with your new position, um, obviously you have like a lot of leadership and you have to lead a team. Um, And something I've learned a lot about this semester is the difference between IQ and EQ, which is like, you know, your IQ versus like your emotional intelligence, your ability to like work with other people. And so... I mean, one question is, like, you know, sometimes there are going to be, like, more difficult personalities. Like, how do you best, like, encounter that? Because at the end of the day, like, not everybody's going to get along with everybody, like, perfectly. Yeah, I, I think I spoke a little bit about this, and I'm glad I get to to expound on it here. Um, that's probably the hardest part. It's the hardest challenge of um, managing any team is all the different personalities. Um, and I have just been... I've trained myself a little bit in life just in general to always treat people the way they need to be treated, if that makes sense. So if I know you're a bit more sensitive, then I won't, you know, I won't be super hard on you. Or if I know you need tough love, I'll go, okay, I can't be super sensitive with this person because the only thing that gets them going is, you know, me like cussing them out, (laughs) whatever, whatever it is that they need. And so in, in doing that, just in my friendships, now when I'm coming and I'm managing people, I say, okay, this is the same thing. This person may have a bit of an ego, so I have to work with them like this. And this person may be, um, you know, a bit more insecure about their position in the company, so I have to give them a lot of motivation. And this person does not like to be micromanaged, so I have to let them do their thing and literally just sacrifice all of the energy in the world to make sure that these people on these teams are able to work the way that they want to, the way they need to, to be successful. Um, And I think that's the job of a manager, of of anybody running a department, is making sure that everyone is working under the conditions of where they can be most effective. And there's no one right way for anybody. So it just takes a little bit more energy and time. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It's scary. (laughs) How was it then transitioning into this brand new role in a company that didn't have this before? how was it getting along with people and figuring out, ooh, that person might have wanted to do exactly what I'm doing, or, or that person has been here for 20 years and now I'm this global, you know? How was it kind of walking that fine line as you entered this new position? Well, the beauty of it is, is that there is nobody that wanted to do what I came to do because it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I can literally say, 
this is I made this up, so right. you know it could it couldn't have been what you wanted to do because there, it it wasn't so there. So they literally came to you and said, "We want you to work with us. Let's define what you would do." Yeah, yeah, have, and, and, so, and so many words. You to do something. They were, um, you know, Steve Steve Burnett in particular was very clear on what my strengths were by having worked with me. Um, I worked very closely, obviously, Capital and Caroline were um, two of my accounts that I had when I was at Spotify. So he really knew what I was good at and what he wanted me to bring to his company. Um, and, you know, and I let him know anything else that I felt like I could bring too. And what I had to bring was just not someone that just does marketing. I, I, I wasn't bringing a great ear just, you know, for, just to do A&R. I was bringing a uh, conglomeration of those things, if you will, and saying there has to be room in the world for someone who can, um, you know, is a tastemaker and can comment in the A&R space if we're missing something. We need someone who can come into a marketing meeting and say, hey, this is awesome, but we could do this particularly with Spotify, which will make it bigger. Someone who can, you know, just tap into all of these arenas with, with creativity. Um, and yeah, and he was like, you know, let's, let's, let's think. Like, what should we call it? What do you think that is? And we, and we came up with that, and there it is. And, and then dealing with people, like I said, I don't think there's many people that wanted the position because it wasn't one. But um, again, my answer is always, like, I, I'm just kind to people. You know, I, I can't say how anyone felt. Um, about me coming in and I'm sure it was you know quite a surprise to someone you know or to everyone um, but there's always that initial shock like when something happens I've been in a company before so when they bring someone new in or there's a restructure you're like who is that I hate them already I hate the way they chew um, and then you know when someone just proves to be the opposite of everything that you thought they were going to be then you gotta just move on you know, so I just always make sure that I treat people well. I love to collaborate with everyone, love to hear everyone's ideas out. I want to be there to um, teach people how to think differently. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a bank of ideas. Like, I have all the best ideas. I don't care about ownership over ideas. I prefer that everyone be able to be creative. And and some people don't know that, right? I, I think I'm there for that reason. It's like, I hear a lot of people say, I'm not creative. Everyone's creative. It's a muscle. It's, it's not something that you don't have. You're born with the ability to be creative, except that some people, you know, they, they exercise and some people don't. So my thing is, like, I, I'm there to really help, and I make sure that everyone knows that. I'm only here to help make this better, amplify this, help you, and, and that's it. I think that's really hard to argue with. How can somebody listening then exercise that muscle? Especially, I'm sure there are people listening who are like, I, I'm not creative. I wouldn't know what yeah. to do. How, what are some strategies? Um, one, I, I take note of everything that I see. So when I see someone else do something creative, I, I have to break it down. So like when I see a great artist roll out, um, you know, or something of the sort, I go, wow, okay, let me figure out all the pieces of what this artist did, like, to really get my attention for this album. And I start working backwards saying, oh man, they like did the Today Show on this day, and then they dropped the first song on this day, and then they did a contest for their fans, and I really break it down. And I sit and I say, okay, cool, well this could have been better if they had done it like this, and like really figure out a strategy, um, break down their strategy to figure out how to make a better one. And that's how I will go into a project that I have some control over, some influence, and, and now use that. But I'm always like, uh, making sure that I stay educated. You know, I self, self-teach self by what's really going on in the ecosystem and not just reading books on creativity. That's not going to make you be creative. You have to actually be or say or practice. You know, say, okay, cool. An album comes out 
What's your favorite song? At the moment? Yeah. Um, Happy and Sad by Casey Musgraves. Great. Happy and Sad by Casey Musgraves. I go, how would I have marketed this song? What would I have done? And I just make it up as if she was my artist or this was, you know, my thing to do and, and think, you know, force myself to think every day. That's it. You know, ask the right questions. And it's like, yeah, just doing like little case studies. Uh, it's really just like a, it's like exercising. If you do it every day, mm-hmm. it'll work itself out. If you go to the gym every day, even if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to start seeing some changes in your body just because you're getting on the treadmill. It's, it's very surprising that some people don't think. <laughs> That's it. Um, do you have any um, advice for um, people in college and just like uh, any stage in your career? Because um, at the end of the day, you're not always going to hear uh, yes for every position that you go yep. for, for everybody that you reach out to. So how do you um, stay positive in the light of all of it and not get down on it in yourself? Like, do you like, talk to yourself, give yourself your own pep talks? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I say all the time, like, you should fail really fast. One, it gets you used to it. It gets you used to people telling you no. It gets you used to really learning that, okay, cool, when I fail, I don't die. (laughs) Nothing happens to me. All that happens is this didn't work out and then I can move on to the next thing. So the more you practice that, (laughs) the more you practice failing, it just becomes easier and easier and you realize how integral it is in success like success is nothing but a whole bunch of little things that didn't work out and then you get so much knowledge by just having all those experiences that you now have enough knowledge to become successful because you've either learned from your mistakes you've picked up a few great people along the way or you've just really like figured it out because really there's nothing left for you to do besides succeed because you have failed at everything else but you've always tried you know and I just make sure that I always try everything because you never know what's going to work out you never know who's going to tell you yes um i've lived in a space where i've psyched myself out right before i applied for spotify when i heard that the job was available um i didn't apply for two weeks because i told myself like they wouldn't hire me the stupidest thing in the world (laughs) like why 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 wouldn't they and and i finally got up the courage and said well if they wouldn't hire me they have to tell me that they have to say, okay, cool, you're not a good candidate. I wanted to hear it from them rather than telling myself that. I would at least try. And I was absolutely freaking wrong. So now I know better. But it just takes a lot of experience. Yeah. And yes, little pep talks. <laughs> In such a high-demand industry like the music industry, when you finally land these big jobs in huge companies like Capital and Spotify, how do you – how would you try and tell someone how they can stand out to people who are higher up than them? Do – everything 10 times better than you think your neighbor is doing it like simple (laughs) giving 2019 if your resume is black and white throw it in the trash it's ridiculous every resume that i see is going to be text black and white even if you're and and i tell people all the time i'm really big on the resume thing um about making them interesting and i tell people all the time i'm like yeah can you make this more creative like what else can you do they go oh yeah sure send it right back and they like make the text pink (laughs) I say this is this is not what I meant. <laughs> um, you know, those case studies that I was telling you about, like if I was going to apply for this job at Capital, not having done it the way that I did, I would have sent them that. I would have sent them three case studies on their three biggest releases, one on a independent release, one on a established artist like Sam Smith, and one on a passion artist of mine, someone that I think that they should sign. And I would have given them a 
creative brief for each of these artists and what I would do in the marketing space and that would have been my resume. Because job people are not hiring based on you being proficient in Microsoft Word anymore. It doesn't it doesn't move the needle. Take take all of that stuff off. Um, it's about really okay, cool. This is what I have to offer to your company. So if I saw that, and then I see a resume where a kid like you know maybe they didn't finish college or maybe they don't have that much work experience, but I see how you think, and you're thinking about my artist. You have something to add to my a meeting that I'm having tomorrow. I want you here, and that's way more important to me than you showing off about where you may have interned or something like how can you every time you send out your resume it should be tailored to the company that you want to work for and just the fact that you have put in that much effort makes you stand out immediately there's a little just a little more effort if you really want a job i really wanted to work at spotify and i really wanted to work at capital so the way i went about doing it was i put more effort into it than i've done anything else and then the results ended up mirroring the effort. So with these case studies, you send those in addition to the regular application, like you find the contact information for the hiring representative, or how do you go about that? However it happens, that's where the light stalking comes in. If <laughs> 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 I've already applied online, and I say, okay, cool, my resume lives in the Universal Music Group atmosphere, but then I go on LinkedIn and I say, okay, cool, Amber has her actual email on here. This is great. And I would find Amber Grimes and I would send the case study straight to her email and say, hey, you know, my name is Michelle. I sent in a resume, but I also, in addition to, wanted to get this over to you. I would see that. I see everything. Regardless of what, you know, like people are like, oh, celebrities don't check their DMs and stuff. All of them do. <laughs> and all executives check their email every day. You know, so if there's something in there that's exciting, I'm seeing it. If it's not, then it's something that I put to the side, but I see everything, you know. So just going the extra mile, that's extra effort too. Finding someone, um, there was a girl at Spotify who got her job by starting a Twitter campaign by people retweeting it. And then even after that, she found out who the hiring manager was for the job and she DM'd him and added him in an Instagram post about what she did on Twitter. And that's how she got the job the second time around. So, like, if you really want something, you should exhaust all of your resources. And I know I'm talking to students. You guys have more resources than any generation ever. More than I had when I was trying to get in the business 10 years ago. So you are ultimately just being lazy if you don't because most of your showing effort is at a click of a button. That's the difference between you changing your life is you sending a DM to somebody. It's ridiculous. But great. <laughs> and this interview has been great. We need to wrap thank it up. Thank you. Yes, you yes. I have a like a car calling me. <laughs> That's right. So we want to thank Amber Grimes. Thank you for being here on Music Biz thank 101 you. and More. And we want to thank Kathleen Stanton for being here on Music Biz 101 and More. Thank you so much. And we want to thank Michelle Buzico. Yes. You know how I, I have that extra Buzico. <laughs> Uh, Boris Squat, thank you here, Michelle, for being here as well. And at the every, end of every show, we do not say hello. That would be silly. So at the end of every show, and you may join with me, as I say. Adios! 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 <laughs>
bonita In your mind like a picha Get respect like Aretha Like a siren should lead ya And her beauty is deeper This was inside She's of the time If you search you will find Her love is divine It's past what you see When you look with your eyes